Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Here we go. The train has left the station at four, a quarter past four. It's actually 2 p.m., but uh, wherever you're at, that's that's what time it is now. And I am excited because it's another one of those where I get to have some of my favorite people that I first chatted with on the podcast come back. And that's right. She is back. Who's back? Well, let's go through the mystery. And there's some new things to share as well. Marketing executive, revenue leader, and thought leader, go-to-market strategist, and she develops game-changing programs. We're going to talk about, we're going to hear firsthand about what she's been creating lately at a new place. She blew the roof off last time talking about her insights on intent data, intent. And, um, and we very well may talk about that and more because we have new things that are happening. Since we last chatted, she is now a host of the Emerging CMO Group at the Peak Community. If you haven't heard about that, we're going to talk about that. And she is now the VP of Marketing, Brand and Demand at MindTickle. Lisa Sherapata, welcome back. Wow, <laughs> that's quite an introduction. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having me back. I know. I'm glad you didn't wait too long. I would have had that many more things to say about you. It just would have been like a <laughs> brand new intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you're, you're back. And I know you, I was holding you back. So you come out swinging. I was like, Oh wait, let me hit record first. So let me just stop talking, flapping these gums over here and pass you this thing. It's heavy. It's your old friend. You worked with it last time here. Go ahead. Grab Thor's hammer. You got it. <laughs> is this my nice. myth buster? <laughs> yes. Yes. That is the, you know, when we smash myths, we use Thor's hammer for that because the idea is for them to go away forever, not just, for a quarter, it's forever. So take Thor's hammer, smash for me some kind of myth, bogus strategy, misconception, set the record straight once and for all. Yeah, well, I think last time we talked about MQLs and this is the same vein. I mean, every new job I start, every time you talk to the CEO, every new, <laughs> more leads, right? Everyone's asking for more leads. More leads. And- my, you know, that myth I want to slash is you, you don't need more leads. That is not what you need. Uh, I think people are asking for more leads because they want, they think that's going to equal more revenue. And that is not always the case. It's not, but like, I seriously just asked my marketing person for more leads the other day, <laughs> like not even realize, like I stepped out of the marketing hat to like put on a CEO hat and like not even thinking I, I saw a report that said, oh, you got nine leads. I'm like, cool. How do we get 18? Like, it, why Why do we think this? Why does not- We'll like, have to have a talk. This yeah. Is, what, is a what is time. going this on is here? Like couples therapy session here. Yes. Casey, we need to fix that. <laughs> is it is like individual therapy or do we have Christina join as well? And we kind of work it well, out. You, you let me know. I mean, okay. we, I can talk to her after this. She's probably a little traumatized. <laughs> probably needs more, more help dealing with me than anything. Um, so yeah, this is, is common. The idea of just more leads. I mean, we could talk all, ABM all day, but we seem so preoccupied with why are we so preoccupied? Yeah. You know, again, I think the old kind of the old school way of thinking, the mentality is more is better. And 
if you get me more leads, we'll be able to turn that into more revenue. And what we've found, you know, time and time again in this B2B world, and especially now with tech and intent data and, you know, predictive analytics and the ability to look at, you know, lookalikes and understand our ideal customer profile better, you know, we're getting smarter and we need to use all of that, right? To be smarter and more streamlined and more efficient um, than I, I keep saying this. So you want me to build a bigger haystack, right? Be, and, and you're gonna find more needles in it. Like that's, mm. I think the mentality And I'm like, it's still gonna be just as hard to find the needles. What if I made you a smaller haystack, but I doubled the amount of needles in it? you know, then it'd be so much easier to convert that into revenue. And great, along the way, you know, get yeah. more efficient. <laughs> no, no, I love that that analogy, the idea of you got a haystack and we all know like the whole needle in a haystack thing, but you're saying mm -hmm. technically what we're asking for and we say more leads is we're saying more hay, not more needles. And yep. it's already hard to find the needle in there, <laughs> let alone doubling the size of, like a needle's pretty dang small and like, a hay bale is pretty dang big. So like it's already mission impossible to do that. So doubling that is not the answer. Yep. Exactly. What's the right answer. How yeah. Answer well, so, you know, you want me to technically your goal, the end game, it's whatever your new revenue goal is. Right. So like the example for where I'm at today, when I started interviewing at mind tickle, I knew we were going to have big numbers to hit. Um, I knew we were going to be going into another funding round and I knew that this industry was growing at a 25% rate and they wanted to get to a 75% growth rate. So how do you beat the average times three, right? Of what's right. happening in your industry. And it goes back to, you know, you really need to understand your ideal customer and who you're marketing to. And then you need to hit them at the right time with the right message. It's that sweet spot. It's, you know, shoppers are, I talked about this last time, right? Shoppers are doing 80% of their research before they raise their hand. Very right. reluctant to want to talk to somebody, right? They can get most of what they need online before they have to sit down and go through a painful <laughs> demo and discovery yeah. call. So that's what they're doing. And then you know, they're educating themselves to a point, you know, at, at which then they're saying, okay, okay, now I'm finally ready, but they've, their opinions already formed too. Yeah. Um, so using this intent data predictive model, being able to see what's happening in that dark funnel, that's going to give me an advantage to know that sweet spot, the time to reach out to them, help inform them before it's too late and convert them. And I mean, I'm already seeing, we've only had our um, model stood up for about 30 days now. We're already seeing a six times increase in our conversion rates to, from a marketing qualified account call to sales qualified. So okay. that means sales has now qualified it and said, potential pipe, right? Right. Six times. And 
the last few times I've run this, we've gotten to nine times greater. And, you know, that's my goal. It's, all, it's about efficiency. It's about improving my conversion rates. It's about not more, 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 but working the right accounts. You know, we only have so many resources. There's only so many hours in the day. You can only hire so many people, you know, and no matter how much money you throw at it, if, if it's a sieve and everything's like leaking out, you know, you're, you're not going to hit your numbers and it's, you're going to burn everybody out. So right. it's getting smarter. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know there's different analogies with the, the funnels and whatnot, but it's almost like ta- taping some of those holes so that you just less, I mean, put bat, less in the top, but also less comes out the, the sides or to your point, rather than it sounds like, you know, this company, you know, the, the industry is growing at 25%. They wanted to grow at 75% you could have easily just gotten two more hay bales and I'm like, well, you know, well, I looked at that. I'm like, we would have to have, you know, at the conversion rates we were at, we would have had to have, it was close to 20,000 accounts get qualified to, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. To hit our numbers. (laughs) Like how how do you work 20,000? That's just, that's not really doable. So there, you know, let's, let's look at a better way to do that. Right. It's not, it's not doable. It's not, that's not how you scale. And it's like, and you, you had said this, um, if you want to get to the 20, you know, the 75%, you want to have those different results. You can't do the same thing. It's not, it's not, it's not, it doesn't scale. Right. Um, so let me take you back. Um, mind tickle, by the way, cool name. And I will get more into what you're doing there in, in a little bit, but I wanted to take you back because I know you seven, about seven months. Have you been there? Uh, six. Yeah. Six, yeah. Okay. Six months. So it's, it's recent. I love this. Not, but not so recent that you're like, yeah, I'm in like discovery mode. So could you take us back to, because I want to, I want to get to the 75% and get to this efficiency you've created. And I love to sort of walk into it by having you take us back to when you're even interviewing there, like, do I want to work here? And then it's like, you know, what are the questions you're asking kind of the picture you're putting together in your mind? And then what, what were some of those initial things you did when you first started? Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad you bring this up too. this. And this is something like with the, I told you I'm co-host on the peak, peak emerging CMO group. Yeah. This is something we talk about, right? It's in your interview stage at this level, you need to know, that you're a good fit and that the company is a good fit for you. And you don't want to leave a whole bunch of un, you know, empty uh, promises out there or unanswered questions coming in. I mean, at least I wanted to know, you know, what am I getting myself into? Am I going to have the resources and the support from the leadership team to do what needs to get done? And yeah. let's be really transparent up front. I mean, those are some big objectives. What are you doing now? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? And how much are you willing to change? Because, you know, you're going to have to change something or, you know, it's kind of that definition of crazy. Like if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. And if you keep doing that and think you're going to get a different result, that's, you know, crazy. That's like insanity, so, right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you you got to be willing to change. And so those are the kinds of things, conversations we were having around, what's currently happening, what's the current motion, um, how much, you know, what are we willing to change? Are we willing to do these things? That's part one. Yeah. And then 
you know, brand. I mean, that's a part of my title. It's something I'm super passionate about. I've always been in the mindset that brand drives demand. And again, you know, you can do everything right, but if your industry is growing at 25%, you know, to me, the secret sauce to get you, above, you know, up and above everybody else is that brand, that brand messaging, the mm. product market fit. And then how do you capture your audience's attention and stand out from everybody else in your yeah. space to really bring in that demand and get people interested in what you're talking about, make everyone's life easier, right? Like, yeah. Who wants to be an AE on a call trying to explain like who you are and what your company does? You want your audience to already want to talk to you and have an idea yeah. of who you are and what you do. So yeah, fixing that is critical. And, uh, you know, it's more about even just creating a movement and getting people behind you. So those, those are the kinds of conversations we had up front. And that is what this leadership team wanted. And that's when I knew, you know, I was a good fit for the role and that oh, this was, that. you know, something exciting for me too, right? I mean, I want to wake up every morning, you know, excited about what I'm doing, being able to bring the passion to my, you know, my job and feel like I'm making a difference. And so, you know, I kind of like it when some things are broken because <laughs> I have something to fix. Oh yeah. You definitely need to be able to, uh, you know, put your stamp on it and, and be able, and I guess the more broken they are, the more able you are to say, okay, let's clean this thing up and, um, and make a, make an impact for sure. Um, I wanted to kind of sidetrack us real quick because the brand thing is really just kind of in my mind. And a friend of mine posted on LinkedIn today and was like, Hey, should I do campaign a or campaign B? And, um, once it was like, one was a positive slogan. One was a negative slogan. One was a positive picture. One was a negative picture. And, I don't know. I, I kind of, my confession, I wasted probably, I didn't waste. I, I spent a, a little time writing in the comments and it was like, cause he was asking, Hey, what do you guys think? Put your, what your thoughts are in the comments. And at first I was like, okay, I think this is like just to get me to look at this post, but Bravo <laughs> I'll play. Um, but I, I started writing and what I really was thinking about was like, dude, what is your brand? And I just came from a caring place, but I was like, you know what, if you have to ask me between this campaign title or this one, like, let, let's take a step back. I don't even know what your brand stands for. Like, I know you, I like you. I, I'm sure your company's great, but like, it just looks like two nondescript clip-arted images and two campaigns that I could love or leave and wouldn't, won't even remember tomorrow. And this kind of goes back to what you talk about with brand. Like, I know it's not the the clickable demand marketing thing, but there is a step before that, which is don't be the same as everybody else, you know? So yeah, yeah and I, I did yep. rant a little bit about that, but I'd love to get your take on that. I mean, in how often is the brand really put together before you get there? And if it, if it isn't, you know, that's, that's, that's like, that falls under our purview of like, we got to make sure it's a brand that is worth going to work for Like to your point, being excited about. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I mean, some of the things I did was I dug into the customer reviews. I dug mm. in, you know, anything I could find online. And what I was finding is customers love Mind Tickle. It's like a, we just did another thing where it's like, we're number one, number two, number five, like in all sorts of categories, you know, it's accolades left wow. and right. And 
So the product works, right? Customers like it, they're finding value and they also like the people in the company. I mean, to me, that's like check, 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 check. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all those boxes, right? And then, you know, you, you can go on to like, uh, you know, some some of the other review sites too and see like, what do people think of the CEO, Glassdoor or something, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, when you read, when I started reading all those things too, it's like, all right, brand brand is way more than the colors. It's way more than the fonts, the messages, the logo, right? It is the culture. It's the mindset. It's the people that make it. It's what other people are going to say about your company, you know, out in the world. Right. And you're really only as good as, as that, right? And yeah hopefully you've got some consensus around who you are, what you stand for, what problems you solve, what kind of a company you are. And when you start to get that mind share and that consensus, especially in a B2B tech space, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's where then you can build off. You have something really strong foundation to build off of. Um, whereas, you know, you can make something look cool and it can be, but it's, if it's superficial, it will fall flat in yeah. <laughs> today's day and age, right? I mean, you know, if you're a phony, you'll be called out in a heartbeat yeah. online and that'll catch like wildfire. So, yeah, what gets me is the people that aren't phonies, but un- unexpectedly or without thinking about it, make their make themselves look like it. You know, it's like we always talk about when you're sending an email, try not to look like a spammer so that the spam filter doesn't think you are or the people receiving the email don't think you are. Same thing when you're making the brand pronunciations and telling people who you are, maybe you should be careful that you don't look like just one of those generic brands that I'm going to forget about tomorrow. You know, stand out. By the way, I am partial to blue and orange, so. I kind of noticed your hat there. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Well, I'll keep that in mind. We're embarking on our new brand initiative. It's it's getting kicked off next week. Now did a lot of pre-work, you know, getting everyone aligned, making sure we've we're under all on the same page of where we're going. Wow. Right. And now it's, you know, all the things I said, but then it's that essence of like who you are and how do you position that to your point? It's like, you know, what do you stand for? Like, that's what you're saying, you know, to your buddy on LinkedIn, right? It's like yeah. these two different campaigns, like, I don't even really, I don't know what I'm choosing between, you know, you, you got to somehow boil all the things that you do into yeah. the essence of what you stand for and what problem you're helping people solve. You right. Know, Why should I care? The greatness, right? Yeah. Why should I care about your options? Cool. A, B. I wrote like C. I don't care. And the people that wrote A or B, like they probably don't care. They cared enough to comment, but like, really, are they going to buy? Yeah. So um, let me take you back to before I sidetracked us on this amazing brand conversation, (laughs) the idea of the interviewing, because I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about the good fit being a mutual good fit. And maybe it's just because the old school mentality is, or maybe it's like, oh, you know, I just got to get a job or something and, and I'll be it, make sure you get a job. But then when you really have the ability, you know, if you're blessed to be able to like, okay, I'm, I've got something, but I need to, is this right for me? Or the next step, maybe people are saying that what's the next step is like making sure it's right for you. And, and so I know you asked a lot of these questions, making sure there weren't unanswered questions. Um, 
love the idea of how much are you willing to change? What were some of the things culturally that you were looking for? Maybe it's just even a personal thing, but like what kind mm-hmm. of things were you seeking out? Yeah, so that's another great question. I mean, first off, um, I've worked, you know, a lot of B2B tech and it can be really cutthroat and I am pretty intense. Um, I'm a driver, you know, I'm, you know, kind of an adrenaline junkie. Like I love it when there's a mission and we've got something to do, Cool. but I also want people to treat people with respect. And I want, you know, a humble culture of transparency where people are real and there's a human connection there. And you know, people take the time to get to know each other. And I found a lot of places that I've, you know, been or people that I know that are at other places like this, where it's just, it's all about the dollar, the revenue, the, the chasing, the, yeah, you know, getting sold for X value, you know, the valuation and all that. <laughs> yeah. And um, I did not want that. So just, you, you kind of get a vibe And when you ask questions around culture and like the CEO is sending me, you know, this cool video that they put together for Founders Day that they celebrate every year and it's a global celebration and everyone parties together. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like how they did it virtually and sending me all this stuff on that. Like those are the kind of things that I was like, yeah this is the kind of people I want to surround myself with. I mean, you know, I want people who are smart and who care and are passionate, but then it can go one of two ways back to that whole like cutthroat, you know, kind of stab you in the back, do anything to get ahead mentality or let's all we're in this together. Let's work together. And yeah. Super drippy with politics and yeah. And you know what, like your answer, I'm like, sign me up for that. I know what you mean. I worked at a lot of companies where we didn't have that. I once had a CEO when I asked him like, what's our culture? He's like, well, we don't have one. And I had no idea what he was talking about at the time. I was just trying to learn, but now I realized he didn't know what he's talking about, but um, (laughs) because you do, whether you're just not in control of it, I guess. Um, But you know, your answer sounds great to me, but the thought is, even if somebody wanted that like cutthroat or like, you know what, I'm just going to grind it out. I want to make some money and exit. You just got to be intentional about it. Right. Like I think exactly. sometimes we yeah. just sort of accidentally are like some part of us is like, if you work here, it's going to be a little insane. Maybe you should, you're like, let's go for it. But like just being intentional, like what deliberate about the choices you make, make sure that, but also if you, if you, if you're not fitting that, then you're going to, feel weird to their culture you know like if you're in the cultural culture and you're just like i just want to be friends and everyone's gonna be like ah who's this person or vice versa so just like find the the right place for you when you're doing that it's such a good point absolutely and i mean i'll never forget early early in my career um i was interviewing for a company i lived out in denver at the time and um i you know this is before like texting and stuff and i called the office and I was going to leave a voicemail kind of thank you follow up for someone I intentionally called at like seven o'clock at night thinking they won't be there and I'll (laughs) I'll leave this message which was part of my plan and they answered and she's like I wanted you to know I'm here because I want you to know that this is you know 
the kind of hours it's going to take to work here and, you know, da, 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 da. crap. And at, <laughs> at that point, you know, I was before kids and I was like super ambitious and I'm like, sign me up. Sign it doesn't up. like that cool. does not scare me. Right. But today, if someone were to be like that, I'd be like, hey, look, you'll get 110 percent from me and I will work whenever I need to work to get stuff done. But you got to give me some balance in my life and let me kind of navigate that right and that's something that's important to me and that's been important to me for i mean i've actually been working remotely remotely for 10 years um since you know my kids were you know old enough to kind of do their own thing but i needed to be around right and so you know i've always made that a priority and i've always looked for that and made it happen and I mean, now we're all together. It's really interesting to see the shift. Like people understand it all of a sudden. They're like, oh, that's okay. Your kid can come in and get that thing off the printer. You know, whereas like five years ago, I would have been like, don't come in here. Like they would have known, like they would have never. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's interesting how it's changed. I think companies and cultures have changed a lot in this last year of COVID, but to your point, being intentional, you know, for me, it's always like, I've had to say, this is what I want. Do you, did you have a thought, a plan of like day one or, you know, tell me about that thought process, because I'm sure there's like a thousand things you could do. So you had to figure out what to address first. How did you, how did you do that? Yeah. So, I mean, I put my 30, 60, 90 day plan together before I started. Gotcha. Again, I did a lot. I like, I was interviewing them as much as they were interviewing me. Right. So I knew for the most part, the big things that need to get handled. And I actually kind of put a, at this point, like in this industry, 90 days is like, you know, you might as well have been there a year. Right. So it's like by 60 days, here's where we need to be. And most of it required a lot of like internal auditing, getting baselines, like they didn't know their conversion rates there, you know, just kind of getting a baseline, understanding, okay, current state. All right. Now we've got that. Let's set some milestones. Here's the gaps. Here's the gap analysis. Here's a SWOT analysis. Here's what we need. Right. And within 30 days, had all that put together in a roadmap then of what's it going to take to hit our goals. And, you know, but I had to have the baseline first. So it was a lot of internal auditing. First hire I made was a marketing operations person because that's what we needed. And I knew coming in, that was probably what we were going to need, but that's not what you need everywhere. Right. It just right. depends on what you've already got. Right. Okay. This sounds like a, I don't know. It's like a golden thing here. You had a SWOT, you had a gap analysis, you had a roadmap and yeah, I guess all the research. Yeah. Timeline and, and said here, this is, you know, 30 days, busy 30 days. (laughs) Jeez. That seems like the the right way to start though. Right. You know what? I, I, I like it. Right. And coming in, it was like already in my brain. Like, I just need to validate these things. I need to get some baseline. I need the data to support what I'm thinking is most likely the case. Got to dig in. 
once I had that is like, I, I already know what it's going to take to like stand up ABM. I've done it before. You know, I've already, I know what it's going to take to put these operational things in place. I know what it's going to take to rebrand. Um, although I will say, you know, you always hit road bumps. Like our leadership team was totally behind the rebrand. But once I started doing the stakeholder interviews for it, realized like we have three co-founders still in leadership roles here, including the CEO. They're not all on the same page and they thought they were. Right. Right. So you start to identify those gaps. And then it's like, all right, now let's let's do some workshops here. That wasn't in the original plan, but we need them or mm-hmm. got to get aligned first. So, you know, some of those things come up too. Got it. So you have these tools in your tool belt where you're like, okay going to find out what's needed and things start to surface. Okay. I know I got to take an ABM approach because there's no way I can just put more money into the hay bales. I got to be smarter about this. Right. Operationalize things. So we again, increase those ratios so that we're, we're selling what we're bringing in and then the rebrand um, the approach to it. it. Did you, now here's a question. Did you redo the website within the first 30 days? <laughs> Uh, we did the, we did the homepage. Okay. Fair um, enough. <laughs> but again, that had a really high bounce rate and it, it just mm. did not a lot of clarity. I was like, okay, low hanging fruit. I know we're going to rebrand, but at the very least our homepage needs to, to make sense, get some more clarity there. And then what we've been doing instead of like every other page on the website is we're building landing pages for campaigns. Yeah. So we're just, we're driving people to very specific Smart. things instead of boiling the ocean. The, the websites actually in parallel will get, be getting worked on with the brand. So See, yeah. And that makes sense. Audited. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just when it's when people use tactics in front of strategy and they're like, well, I don't like the, the look in this, this logo and these colors. And it's like, okay, there's more important things to figure out here. Just, just wait a second on that, mm-hmm. on that, you know? And, and so I like what you've done because you came, came in and you said an interesting thing too, which is make sure I have the data to support my positions. Cause I think when you first start a position, you do get, they're like, well, we brought you in cause we have no idea. So please tell us what's what. So you have a little bit of that, but rather than using that free, the free credits you have on that stuff, if you can use data so that you don't need, because eventually that wears out, you don't get free credits forever, six to months to a year in, they're like, okay, you're not new anymore. You don't get to just do anything. You need to prove it. And so you, but you right away were like, I need to prove this with data so that I'm showing that I'm being responsible, not just sort of shooting from the hip. Well, right. And to your point, six months down the road, how do you show you've made an improvement mm. if you have no benchmark? Right. And some places the benchmark's already there for you and there, you know, it's already being measured. Right. But in this case, there was some information, but it, it wasn't the things I wanted to be, men- you know, it was more leads, right? right. <laughs> that was the benchmark. I'm like, there's a whole lot of other factors that we just talked about. Yeah. Let's get those benchmarks. Right. Smart to get those now, because if all they're looking at is the hay bales, but you've dramatically increased the conversion rates, people may not even notice that they'll feel it, but maybe they'll attribute to sales or just 
the luck or the wind blowing deals in from the east or something instead of actually yeah we got smart we yeah. increased the conversion rates deliberately so that's interesting i'm definitely noting that that right away at the very beginning almost like if you were a consultant coming in to do business with someone you're saying okay what what are the baselines in terms of data that i need to track now so i can show the delta you know even six months later and you didn't you're not waiting six months to do that because some of the changes you're doing now like to the homepage and other things may have already or have already had an impact and so you want to be able to show that to buy yourself you know the influence to be able to keep making the changes that need to happen exactly and wow. i will say too i mean i turned on a couple of campaigns right away too just to bring in those leads yeah. Right. Because you got to buy yourself some time to turn the Titanic around. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, getting some quick wins, you know, that was something we talked about. That was something I talked about with the CEO every week. Like, what are your biggest pain points? What are your three biggest problems that you need solved? And digging in a little deeper, right? It's not really the leads, it's really the revenue. Um, but what are some of the big, you know, things I can win right away to, to make that good first impression. What do people need to see? And yeah. so finding the right balance between, you know, uncovering every rock and delivering is important too. Yeah. The, ba the balance there. So if I were to follow up on that, that very initial conversation where even I'm saying, how do I get more, more leads? or the stakeholders are asking that how um either how do you respond to the people asking for them or wh what actions do you take wh wh what do you do when you're being asked then for more leads They're, you're being asked for more hay not for needles how do you respond to that yeah so i mean i set up meetings with well i interviewed with the cro a couple times before coming in so he and i were pretty aligned then I set up meetings with the RVPs of each region and really dug into like, what are their challenges? What are they, what are they getting now? What's current state? Mm -hmm. What do they think they need from marketing? Just again, give them a chance to even be heard. Let them, let them vent, right? Take it all in. And, and then I'm processing it. And then combined with that and some data to back it up, it's like, all right, I heard you. Sounds like the, the bigger picture problem is really this though. And here's the data to support that mm -hmm. thinking. And here's what we're gonna do to solve it. Uh, this is, these are my ideas. Let's talk through it. Are you, you know, are you on board? Can we, you know, do, what do we need to make this pivot? So, you know, I'm bringing in technology, then we're switching to an account-based marketing program. That's, that's marketing and sales. That's, you know, I, I call it account-based experience. I mean, it's everything we're doing is we're going after accounts, not leads. You know, and, you know, part of that too, is I say, you have account executives, they're not targeting leads. They know they have multiple you know, decision makers on every account that they have to win over. So basically it's marketing, making a change to align with what you're already trying to do. And I think when you put, start putting things in language that sales can understand that makes sense to them. And you're showing that like really marketing's making more of a change than they are. 
<laughs> that helps a lot too. You're making, you're aligning to what they're already trying to do. That's mm -hmm. important. And what an interesting point, they're called account executives and they're not yeah. called lead executives. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's already what they've wow. been doing you know, all along. They, it's just, I think somehow there's this disconnect and everyone felt it and everyone talks about the disconnect between sales and marketing, but, you know, I don't think it's been till, you know, maybe the last five, seven years or so where marketing has really started to pivot towards this account based approach. And I mean, still it's in an, it's in its infancy for sure, you know, in a lot of places. So to just sort of, um, really smash that to death the the i are, are you you're focusing on that outcome you're focusing on the close one deals is that really if you if you had to look at one measurement regardless of what everyone else is looking at are you looking at like closed you know close one deals the pipe what what kind of metrics do you look at or what what's like yeah. the key thing that says you're doing what you should be doing well i mean it is kind of all of the above i have a revenue dashboard that yeah. now my awesome new operations you know, teams built, right? Where I'm looking at the conversion rates. Well, first of all, I'm looking at my ICP fit. So are the accounts we're working matching to our ideal customer profile? Because there's a lot of old habits there I need to change. Mm. We know what our best accounts look like. And I've gone all the way through to working with customer success on that. Like, where do we have our highest attrition, right? I mean, we might be able to close more small size companies faster, but it's a lower ACV and a higher attrition. So is that really our ideal customer? No. So we did a lot of work there and we identified five categories and ranked them of our fit. So I'm looking at that. Then Are those sort of the at, generic categories of like location, size, industry, or what, what kind of, what do you mm -hmm. think about, because ICP is one of those like elusive things, I think for people. It is. And for us, I mean, we're not, I don't feel like we're mature enough to get too much more beyond the three things you just said. It's employee size because we're selling sales enablement. Um, you know, some of its sales size um, industry is important to us. And some industries are much more advanced in this thinking around enabling your teams. And it's, you know, all of your customer facing teams, not just sales mm -hmm. and um, then others. So industry matters for us. Yeah. And, and location. And part of it's just where we're set up right now too. You know, we're expanding in EMEA. We've got some APAC support, but primarily we're US. So that makes a difference as well. And, you know, we're not set up like even our technology, like doesn't have an Asian like language um, right. translation component to it, right? So right. there's things like that. So that's a really good you know, point. Yeah. Do you even have the, the, the language capability for the regions you're dealing with and are they okay with English or they prefer like you need to have some transliteration happening here mm -hmm. and that should go into the peak. Yeah. Or the, not the peak. We'll get to that next, but the, uh, <laughs> the ideal 
profile, ICP. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so then it's conversion rates from there. It's what percentage of my marketing qualified leads or accounts are turning into sales qualified opportunities. Yeah. And what percentage of those opportunities are turning into closed one. And, you know, we had a very low conversion rate last year. So the goal, you know, I've got goals, milestones set up quarter by quarter for improvement. And some of it will be the brand that's going to help with that because it's that messaging, it's the clarity, it's helping people understand what you do early on. And that's going to make it a much easier sell later on, but also it's working the right accounts, you know, so back to that fit. So those are the big things. I mean, I've on there. Yeah. I'm, I've got MQL goals broken down by month that converts to, to MQAs, which, you know, then sales qualified leads. And then I'm, I'm tracking the next stage in the funnel too, even though I'm not technically responsible for it, because I want to make sure that we're giving the right, that's the right accounts that we're passing off. I've worked places where I'm also responsible for cross-sell upsell, like 30% of that. And if that's the case, then I'm tracking, you know, even more things, but for right now, <laughs> you know, got a lot to do already. So I'm, it's like, I'm not going to sign up for that if I don't need to, I've got a, a lot to do here. So that's, that's my focus. Cool. I got a lot out of that. Actually, I really appreciate you sharing that. For me, one of the answers was maybe you've established ICP fit, but let's build it into your process. So you're saying, do they fit? Don't they fit? Do they fit? Don't they fit? To really understand, you know, who you're getting from different sources and just who are who is the audience. And then the second thing was the idea of having that dashboard to see the conversion rates and whether you own that step or not to be able to see from a broader perspective, are we improving some conversion rates? And, and not being so focused in on the lead number or anything like that, but it's the full oh, right. And, and, and that's going back to this whole myth, right? Is marketing qualified leads is finger in the wind. You're assigning scores to people based on downloads. You're guessing, mm -hmm. right? And I'm trying to take the guesswork out of it as much as possible with the intent data and predictive. And then if you really want sales to partner with you and, and we really want to hit those revenue numbers, they have to see value in the, in the accounts we're passing off to them. Yeah. And when they start seeing, oh, I have a six times better chance of closing this account that marketing is saying is qualified than I do of that other account that I pulled mm -hmm. out of the haystack. I, I'm going to work the accounts for marketing once they start seeing that, you know, then we have a true partnership. And then that's when we can really hit those, you know, lofty growth numbers. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Cool. I feel like you just kind of like, you just tied that into a bow, you know, we like smashed all the pieces of that myth. And then you sort of like, sort of just <laughs> gathered them all together and we tied it up and we're like, it's like couples therapies working. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> All we need is a comfy couch for sales and marketing to sit in. Um, sit here. You sit there. Do you guys need tissues? All right, let's do this. Um, <laughs> well, we just had SKO last week. So maybe that's oh. why I keep thinking of, of a couple's therapy. But anyway. <laughs> did, yeah. Did you involve some, was that 
part of the theme in there or just something that was on yeah, your Yeah, and just, yeah, it was part of my my theme anyway. And it's it just kind of gotten going back to is everyone keeps asking for more leads, more leads, more leads, but that's not really ultimately what you really want. What you really want is more revenue. You want more closed ones on the sales side, right? So let's, yeah. you know, let's dig in and get to the bottom of what, what you're really asking for. And then you go through that whole process and at the end of the day, they're just like, yeah, cool. Just more meet more leads. Right. <laughs> you're like, no, are you not listening to me? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> now, what I do want to know is, do you call that sales kickoff SKO? Do you call it SKO? Do you call it SCO? What do you call it? Well, okay. So we had global kickoff first GKO. And then we broke out into sales kickoff. SKO, we call it SKO. I've worked places where it's like field kickoff and we called it Fakao. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, wow. No, lots of fun. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Fakao, Sko, and then Fakao. Yeah. That's a dangerous one, too. That's definitely a good it one. Um, yeah. Wow. Peak. Let's talk about peak. I feel like yeah. my brain is smoking. So, I just want to like, I want to just hang out and now talk some more community because there's so many things now I got to put into practice from, from what we've already talked about. So like peak community for people who haven't heard about it, by the way, they should sponsor this podcast because we're going to talk about it for the next 10 minutes or so. But like, how did you find it? And then tell, maybe tell people about what it is. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. I mean, I was, I was, reached out to by Sangram, um, who is the founder of Peak Community and a co-founder at Terminus. And, you know, he, he was talking about, I'm going to start this community and, you know, wondering what your thoughts are. I would love for you to, you know, get involved in it. And I'm like, you know, I'm already, like, I'm, I'm a member of Revenue Collective. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm just, I, like, I've got a lot of stuff going, but I, you know, I'd love to be a part of something where it's more, community feel um, where I can, you know, my goal, I'd like to get to a point where I'm a CMO. I think there's some boxes I still need to check. I want to learn. I want to be able to have a say in what I'm learning about. I want to, you know, be able to work with other marketers and kind of just surround myself with great people and have it be a very collaborative environment. And so it's like, that's, that's exactly what we, you know, we're trying to do here. And then we're going to have these circles within, within the community of, you know, people kind of leading groups of people that are in the same place, trying to do the same thing. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out together. So then I became the host of the emerging CMO circle. And so now there was like, we have kind of this course that we take coming in, we kind of evaluate where we're at, but now it's kind of going through and it's like bringing in other CMOs or CROs and even CEOs and outside people who are experts on different topics, you know, it could be speaking, it can be boardroom management, it can be hmm. um, how to build a team, you know, just different kind of areas that you need to really be an expert in and um, bringing in experts to help teach us. And it's cool. you know very collaborative from the standpoint of taking polls, asking people, what do you, you know, what do you want to learn next? And, you know, 
also doing just a lot of like one-on-ones like, Hey, I need help with this one thing. And people just drop in the chat, like, Hey, I've done this, that send you to articles, you know, or hit me up and like a lot of just side conversations happening. Wow. Wow. That it's funny. A lot of it starts with, with Sangram. He's just like very, he's everywhere. He um, is. Did we meet on there or do we meet beforehand? Yeah, no, we met before that. Okay. And then we're like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, no, we were both hey. on a, on a, a webinar. Yeah. And we we're like, in the chat like hey what's up yeah that's my mo is like goof around the chat when someone's speaking um sometimes people turn off the chat on me um (laughs) but yeah it's such a small world um for me similar it was just like sangram's like hey community people and it's like please sometimes a lot of us are marketer of one in a team or um or we're still maybe there's a team of four people but we all do specific individual things so you still kind of feel like a marketer of one and it's just great to have a community of other people that are just doing their thing. I just looked it up. I'm like, wait, how much was this that I signed up for? It's 10 bucks a month. It looks like most people can expense it. So it's not even about the money. It's just this community learning. I know I learn things constantly from people on there um, and, you know, posting messages. And I got Sangram to have a happy hour the other day, which is cool. I'm trying to see if I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Actually, I think I might've been in that chat. You're like, Hey, can anyone stay on? Let's just have a like impromptu marketing yeah. happy hour. Yeah, he he um either on one of them he took us up on he was like okay, and and then and then he talked shop for a little bit. I was like, come on, Sangram, we got to talk about fun things. This is yeah, we gotta we gotta talk about ice cream and favorite smells and also so it it's just it's like a community. You know, we learn from each other, but we're also real people. It's people are from all over the world too. Yeah, well, one one of the things Sangram and I talked about is like community is the new event. You know, can't travel, go see, you know, hook up with people. I mean, yeah, I think everyone, like for me, I'm in Chicago. Like I loved event season because I got out of the Midwest, got to go, you know, someplace warm, nice usually, and, and meet up with my peers Mm -hmm. and learn. And, you know, now, yeah, you can learn on the webinars and there's, yeah, you can learn, but you know, where, where else are you going to meet up with your peers and like, just hang out and get to know other people and expand your horizons a little bit and, and just get out of the day-to-day hustle and, you know, work that you're doing. Um, but still your people. Right. And, you know, it's like, these are my people and I, you know, it's just a great group to hang out with and learn from, but also just like vent and, you know, throw stuff out there and brainstorm and all that too. That is so true. And you know what? You had this mind blowing quote, community is the new it's event, the new event. <laughs> and then I actually wrote down WTF KO. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <how? laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's what we're, that's what, probably what we were seeking. And that's what I seek a lot with the events that I would go to is just the community and learning something is kind of a bonus. Um, some people, maybe yep. it's the opposite, but whatever, whatever you're, you're looking for. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point around community. Do you, do you see that growing, you know, especially now with COVID and we're all kind of hiding inside. We're all I weird, do. Right? Yeah. We're not really shaking do, hands. Although... Nice to meet you. Hand, hand wave. Nice to meet you. I do, but I laugh because 
now everyone in the community is like, oh, I can't wait till we can all get together, you know? And totally. Out. So, but I think the relationships are stronger, yeah. really. Um, and being together face to face would, would just be the icing on the cake, you know? So yeah, I do, I think community will, it, those are gonna, it's gonna continue to grow. Do you think what, I, I sort of feelings around the idea of like Zoom, community text-based community community in person and the things like clubhouse where it's like community on voice you know do you get a sense that the medium you use in these communities like can it impact its power or the strength of it yeah well, it is interesting like clubhouse is taken off like crazy too right. right and i think people like about that is you can pick and choose what you want to how much you want to participate, when you want to participate, and when you participate, yeah. if you just want to listen or if you want to say something. And so there's a lot of choice there and a lot of, again, like I can do it when I feel like it. There's no strings attached. I can pop in, you know, for five minutes. Oh, I don't, I don't want to listen to this anymore, you know you know, I, I got to go help my kid with something. No one even knows like, yeah. <laughs> or I can be a part of the conversation. And if it's something I'm really you know, passionate about, I will. So I'll, I think, you know, it, it'll probably die down a little bit, I think after a while. Um, but for right now, I think people are again, looking for just birds of a feather, like a, a way to be around their people and have the conversations that they enjoy having and connect with other people when we're all stuck, you know, yeah. at home, um, not able to travel and, and go places for that kind of thing. Right. Right. Just, just trying out different things. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it may, may go up, may go down depending on, right. So let's say they let everybody out or we're all kind of out any now, anyways now, but let's say sort of COVID clears up. Do we go back to the business as usual or do you think it, there's some things that just are sticky? Like does Clubhouse fall off the planet, but then remote work doesn't? And what, what's your forecast? Yeah, um, well, so being in uh, remote readiness, you know, sales enablement tech company, I mean, you know, been doing research on this and yeah, and paying attention, right? Um, so I do not think we'll ever go back to mm. full on the way we were before. I think it'll slowly go back, but I think that companies have learned some things too that will help make them better. I mean, first of all, I can't tell you how many CEOs I have heard say, man, I never in a million years thought we'd be as productive, if not more productive with everybody working at home. I was wrong. Like yeah. what I learned is like my team is actually more productive being remote, right? So I've heard that so many times. And I think there will be some companies will have a more hybrid approach. I think some will maybe bring some people back in, but not require it to be, you know, every day. Um, most businesses I know right now are like converting their open space desks that they all put in like the rows of open tables into 
more pods and mm. more meeting rooms and expect to have like group gathering for like a jam session on something in meeting rooms and more of a commuter um, model set yeah. up for their companies. And then again, like uh, onboarding and ramp time is something we're, we're big on enabling. And oh, I, again, the research we're seeing companies aren't going to continue to fly big groups of new hires into their office for one and done training. I mean, mm -hmm. first of all, they're learning it's not as effective as, you know, an ever boarding model where you're, you're always mm. ever coaching like and it. training your teams, you know, throughout the year, helping them get better at what they're doing. So um, there's that part of it. But then there's the expense on top of it. Like if you can come up with a more sustainable, better way of doing something for less money, which most companies have had to figure out or are working through figuring out now, why would you go back to doing it the old way? And so I mm -hmm. think, you know, again, you'll have some old school companies that that's just what they do and that's how they're going to do it. <laughs> I know. But I think a lot of places are learning um, that there, there are some better ways and they're adopting some of these new things. Man. Booyah. Um, <laughs> this is all good stuff. Um, I am ever, instead of ever boarding, I'm ever learning when we have conversations <laughs> like this. There this you go. So I like good. that. Ever, ever learning. Learn. Ever learn. Everlearn.com. Let's check it out. Does it exist? Mm -hmm. Probably. It sounds like a, a lot of school, actually. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, it's not loading. Mm. No, actually, it it's kind of loading, which means who knows? Who knows? They're going to sell mystery. it to you. It's a mystery. They're going to try <laughs> to sell it to me. Hey, where can people connect with you? And also throw out some, I don't know if you've got any cool things you want us to check out with Mind Tickle, but it's tickling my brain. So throw out some URLs. <laughs> Is there some content? Yeah, some well, check out mindtickle.com for sure. And we've got Actually, well, it's a, a SACAO, SKO um, kit out there right now, too. Um, that'll actually get evolved into an everboarding kit as most companies are finishing up their kickoffs. Um, but there's a lot of other good content out there, too, to help with some of this stuff. And then I'm uh, best way to reach me is LinkedIn, Lisa Sharapata. Um, that's where I'm the most active unless you want to join the peak community find me there too. Yeah, totally. We'll put a shout out to that. We'll put a link in the, uh, in the show notes, get people going in that direction so they can, you know, they Definitely. can meet up with you there as well. Perfect. Love it. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks for hanging yeah. out with me again. This is, it was great. I, you know, I, it was, it was a lot of note taking over here in my end. I literally have two pages oh. of notes front and back. So, um, yeah, this is telling this is you if you want me to, you know, chat with your marketing person about leads, you just let me know. I'm happy uh -huh. to help. <laughs> well, uh, shout out to Christina. She's amazing. And she may end up just emailing you right after this podcast. LinkedIn. All right. That's thanks, That's Casey. It. Great to see you. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And for those listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.